welcome to the third episode of Cosmic Halitosis. I'm Genevieve. I'm Temba. Welcome. And we are now officially burners, or I was a burner. I think two times makes you officially a burner. Yeah, that's the metric. I think so. I'm a burner, back from Burning Man's weird party in the desert, and uh, Temba is a first-time burner. Virgin blood. Virgin blood. Virgin no more. This cherry was popped. Uh, and that's what our podcast is going to be about today. Yeah. little reflection on our time there. And I guess time after. We were actually out there for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I guess to give you guys an idea of what brought us to Burning Man in the first place, maybe like we should talk about where we stood on Burning Man. <laughs> I think I was in a different place than Tembo. Initially, um, I never really had any desire to go to Burning Man. Um, last year, my younger brother, Caleb, texted me, Hey, I have a ticket to Burning Man. Do you want to come with my camp? I said, yeah. Um, it's a work, uh, work for your ticket type of pass. So basically, I went there with Hammer and Cyclery, which is a bike rental um, camp where they rent out bikes before going to Burning Man because obviously there's quote no money on the playa (laughs) (laughs) so they rent out bikes beforehand in order to afford the gift of the camp which is one of the principles of Burning Man is gifting Um, the gift of the camp is that renting the bikes allows them to have a bunch of people there able to fix bikes on the playa which is huge because 70,000 plus people I can't remember if it was 80,000 this year uh, I'm not sure, but it's, yeah, I'd say 70 plus. Let's say 70,000 plus people are out there. Um, most people don't have a vehicle because only mutant vehicles are allowed to drive around. Um, and so everybody has a bike. The Playa Dust is gunking up your bike and making it very difficult to bike around pretty quickly there. And then that's our gift. So the deal was that I go out there, work on the bikes as kind of a work trade for like the expenses of water, food, all of that stuff. And then to pay for my ticket, I would stay a week later in Gerlach, which is the nearest town outside of Black Rock City, and work in a junkyard fixing up bikes, helping the camp fix up bikes for next year. And that would pay for my ticket. So the reason I did it was because I was like, well, I'll only go to Burning Man if it's free. Everything was free. All expenses were paid except for my travel to and from Burning Man. Um, So that's why I went last year. I really enjoyed myself. Tumba and I had just started dating. I think I mentioned it to you on our first date. Yeah. And I mentioned it as a way of kind of testing Tumba, figure out what kind of person he was. And so his, many tests. So many tests. <laughs> <laughs> but his reaction was, lucky. <laughs> I remember you said it just like that. And I was like, okay. You know, that you, that you didn't, you weren't like scornful or mocking of it, which so many people are. Yeah. Right? So many people are like, oh, what's that? Oh my God, are you joking? Like, da da da, you know? There's a lot of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way you were going is basically the only way I said I would go anymore, too. Right. Uh, Which was, yeah, if I got a free ticket or, yeah, somehow, some sort of work trade scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went through it last year. Initially tried to get a ticket for Temba, but they were out of tickets by the time that came around. So we weren't able to do it last year. I didn't, honestly didn't really want to go to Burning Man again. If you hadn't wanted to go, I probably wouldn't have gone again. Yeah. Um, it's something I wanted to share with you specifically. And then, and I didn't know if my little brother was going to go again. 
So, you know, which was kind of, I was bummed out about that, but then at the last minute he decided to come again. And so he was there and it's nice to get to see him a little bit. But last year was really for me about like connecting with my brother and his friends and his like chosen family or whatever. And then this year, for me at least, was more about connecting with Temba in that space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was cool to, to hang out with Caleb and see kind of some of the people from um, Minnesota, Minneapolis, um, that yeah. know, people that you were friends with from last year, mm-hmm. and yeah, people that your brother's close with. Yeah, they um, have so a that really, was really cool. They have a really cool like chosen family, friend group? friendship <laughs> group vibe that they're like building, and it's pretty interesting. It's there's like a poly side to it where there there's just like a lot of like non monogamy being practiced and seems like they're very like conscious and conscientious of that in their friend group and that's really beautiful to see yeah it's definitely a beautiful thing um so it's like i saw that last year and thought that was really cool and then this year the dynamics have changed and expanded and whatever there so i really enjoy that part of the camp um but this was your first year so i'm gonna kind of use this podcast to interview you about what you experienced even though obviously i'll talk about myself a lot too (laughs) because <laughs> duh um so uh when people ask you what burning man is now that you've ex- well first of all what what do you think you told people before if someone was like what's burning man um i guess before it depends when in right. my life okay yeah i guess we should we should preface that because um, you've so, been to so many burner events uh, yeah i i went to school in san francisco and lived there for many years so a lot of people i was friends with had been going since like the early 2000s um so my impression of burning man is definitely more of the old school um what some people might call the golden era mm-hmm. um of the event and since those times have changed, I've kind of been very, like, I always wanted to go back then, but I'm a super nerd, and it was always the first week of classes, and that's why I never went. Oh. <laughs> Did you ever have a, t- have a ticket offer before, though? I thought you wanted a free ticket. Um, not back then. Back then, I would have, I probably would have. Paid for it. Paid for it, yeah. or, I mean, I, I, someone, someone that I knew probably would have been able to get me something something if not free or a hookup with working or something like that for sure um but yeah my extreme nerd status wouldn't allow me to miss the first week of classes Hmm. Uh, (laughs) so after it started blowing up um which what year would you say that was i mean for your consciousness because obviously people who've been at it a really long time probably yeah Um, i mean it was it was definitely big compared to it its roots at that time but i mean when it started to become like more of a pop culture reference outside of california california or the bay area mm-hmm. um i don't know what year would that 2003 2004 no. i mean i'm guesstimating here probably like the into the 2010s okay um so yeah after that and it started turning into like yeah, uh, I mean, I guess later into the two thousand teens when it started getting more like the whole plug and play stuff and all of that, and I was like, oh, this is gross. Uh, <clears throat> if our listeners don't know what that means, maybe we should explain it. Uh-huh. But there's so much to explain. So let me go back to <laughs> let me go back to the original question. If someone, 
let's just say if so you're back you've you're you always had a conception of what burning man was from going to burner parties regionals did you ever go to a regional uh no never went to a regional i went to a shit ton of uh decompressions, decompressions and various other like parties that big camps would throw big camps from the bay area right so you so you had a like you were in touch with and had experienced bits of the culture but never the main event or whatever yeah exactly so if you were to explain to people what the main event is like what 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 do you say or what would you say to people um i guess now my i would say it's a dirt rave or dust rave Mm -hmm. uh that some people go to for a uh, cultural experience for uh, to see some really cool art also mm-hmm. um but but what uh what but, but are there like i'm gonna be i'll play devil's advocate because <laughs> i work at a restaurant and when i got back from the dirt rave uh i had a bunch of really interesting questions coming at me questions i did not really feel like answering <laughs> at my day job but so, so like what is so what are this what kind of music are they playing like what are the sound stages or not they don't even say sound stages like what what kind of music is at the stages a lot of edm uh so it's like a musical festival not exactly but if that's what you want that's the experience you can have i mean music's a big part of it uh so so i heard that people have like breakdowns when they go there like they have like mental breakdowns I didn't experience any. Well, maybe I maybe once. <laughs> what was your breakdown? No, not me, but someone else that I experienced having a bit of a breakdown. Um, you don't have to say their name. But what are you talking about? Um, a lot of drinking. There was an incident with uh, someone ran into the temp- into the bur- into the burn oh, this year. Oh, right, right. Um, so, that's that's also a good question. I got yeah. at work. What was with the guy? So this year. Most people probably saw this on their news feed, one of the participants. Um, at the moment, each, for each of the big burns, you're back behind like a wall of rangers, which are kind of like non-authoritarian authority figures, kind of people there to help at Burning Man. Um, then the, uh, once the flames get to a certain, I think, temperature or like level, you're allowed to rush up to the fire up to another like set, kind of second ring to be closer. A lot of people like to like, you know, at that point, like, set up camp and, like, kind of hang out there all night. But during that second rush, when you were allowed to move up closer to the fire, one person broke past the rangers, they weren't able to stop him, and then he ran into the fire, suffered uh, intense burns before he was pulled out, and then he died shortly thereafter. Or, I think they airlifted him to Sacramento, and he yeah. died in the hospital. Yeah, he died in the something. hospital. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a breakdown. Or we don't really know, actually. Well, I was the more toxic- talking, there was a breakdown with someone in our camp about that. That's right. Um, That's right, yeah. I Yeah, I don't really, I mean, it's like anything where there's people doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be people that can't handle their shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the environment so itself is really tough. It's super tough. Yeah, you're in the middle of the fucking desert. Like, this year was hot as fuck. Every like, day was, like, in the hundreds. Hot, mm-hmm. Um, and especially now that the event has blown up so big, you get a lot of festival people there who are not coming with like the tenants in mind who are just coming to party. It's a great party. Um, but they're not taking care of themselves. They're not prepared for fucking like living on the moon, basically. Mm -hmm. Like it's just dust, flat dust, dry lake bed, hot as fuck Mm -hmm. and windy. Maybe we should read the tenets out of the book, just in case any of our listeners aren't familiar with them. I was not at all, like, 
when I went to Burning Man last year, I went with no expectations. I didn't crack the book open. I had literally never heard of the tenants before. I just knew Burning Man was a thing that everyone for my entire life had been like, you should go to Burning Man. Or like, have you been to Burning Man? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, in some sense I have because it's based on these principles, which I think are similar to the principles my parents instilled in me. Just And, and they've never been to Burning Man, but they are burners in a sense. I think the principles are in here aren't they somewhere yeah oh actually they might be in that other pamphlet in there this one oh uh, somewhere we have like a magazine pile over here there's somewhere in there Go it's like a longer oh no see it see it behind there behind the stock room this one no this one yeah that one okay okay do you want to go back and forth or... sure this isn't either <laughs> i'll just pull it up yeah <laughs> Um, but so, yeah, the reason I say that is because I think uh, even for me, someone who had, in a sense had been exposed to it, like just because so many people assumed, assumed just based, I guess, on the way that I was raised, that I had some connection to Burning Man. Um, I actually knew nothing about it. And it wasn't until a few days in when somebody was talking about the principles that I was like, what? So, I mean, I can't totally diss the people who come in to party because that's kind of what I did. You know, granted, I was working very hard fixing bikes and helping people and offering you know doing my part or whatever but okay so these are the 10 principles of burning man radical inclusion anyone may be a part of burning man we welcome and respect the stranger no prerequisites exist for participation in our community gifting burning man is devoted to acts of gift giving the value of a gift is unconditional gifting does not contemplate a return or an exchange for something of equal value. So that's a big misconception people have. Yeah, they people... think it's bartering. They're always like, oh, so you barter. No, it's not bartering. And this is key because the difference between bartering and gifting is like, it's pretty valuable when you get down to that core. Yeah. Right? Uh, decommodification. In order to preserve the spirit of gifting, our community seeks to create social environments that are unmediated by commercial sponsorships, transactions, or advertising. We stand ready to protect our culture from such, such exploitation. We resist the substitution of consumption for participatory experience. Radical self-reliance. Burning Man encourages the individual to discover, exercise, and rely on his or her inner resources. That's a big one that a lot of people don't do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, we talked about this too because our camp, um, it's a work camp. A lot of the things that we would be required to figure out for ourselves, like water, food, shelter, shade, all of those things are figured out for us. So I think we yeah. talked about this briefly, like how interesting it would be to go back and actually have to do that for ourselves. Yeah. Create I, our own camp. Basically. I think part of being a camp, though, is like your community and you're yeah. taking on those tenants together. Oh, definitely. Which is... It doesn't mean radicals, like in, like intrepid individualism. Yeah. Yeah. That's not necessarily what that means. Um, cause yeah, because community and cooperation is a huge part of every, yeah. every camp's kind of like ability to function or not function. Um, radical self-expression. Radical self-expression arises from the unique gifts of the individual. No one other than the individual or a collaborating group can determine its content. It is offered as a gift to others. In this spirit, the giver should respect the rights and liberties of the recipient. Communal effort. Uh, our community values creative cooperation and collaboration. We strive to produce, promote, and protect social networks, public spaces, works of art, and methods of communication that support such interaction. 
Civic responsibility. We value civil society. Community members who organize events should assume responsibility for public welfare and endeavor to communicate civic responsibilities to participants. They must also assume responsibility for conducting, conducting events in accordance with local, state, and federal laws. Leaving no trace. Our community respects the environment. We are committed to leaving no, no physical trace of our activities wherever we gather. We clean up our, after ourselves and endeavor, whenever possible, to leave such places in a better state than when we found them. Participation. Our community is committed to a radically participatory ethic. We believe that transformative change, whether in the individual or in society, can occur only through the medium of deeply personal participation. We achieve being through doing. Everyone is invited to work. Everyone is invited to play. We make the world real through actions that open the heart. Immediacy. Immediate experience is, in many ways, the most important touchstone of value in our culture. We seek to overcome barriers that stand between us and, rec and the recognition of our inner selves. The reality of those around us, participation in society, and contact with the natural world exceeding human powers. No idea can substitute for this experience. So those are the tenets, and I think it's important to like also say that those aren't laws. They're not rules. They're not... They're really just, like, things to meditate on, right? The and rules are there are no rules? Yeah. Just don't hurt other people. Yeah. <laughs> don't but, die. Don't. But so this is what the people who organize the event, that's, like, what they're building off of and what a lot of people who come are building off of. But it also seems like those rules can be, or those, those tenets can be treated like rules, and then it becomes this, like, pseudo-religious thing where people are like, you have to be doing it this way. When, like, you were, you touched on the plug-and-play camps, mm -hmm. where, like, plug-and-play camps or this idea of, like, some people come before, they set up this whole entire experience for people with money to fly in, experience Burning Man without having to participate in any of, some, like, some of those tenants that we just said, and it's kind of like a it's vacation like a experience. vacation, yeah. Yeah, or, like, Everything's a resort. set up for you, you come... A resort experience or something like that, um, and Burning Man has made a point to say, actually, those are vital parts of Burning Man as well you know like they're they I think came around to just being like this if they're you know following the leave no trace and like you know try, trying their best to participate and gift and like whatever like they should be included in the community as well because radical inclusion means everybody right yeah right even the people who just want to come be beautiful sparkle ponies and I said that last year when I saw this one sparkle pony, and I was like, you know, there's a place for sparkle pony. That's their gift. What's a sparkle pony? Tell me what you think a sparkle pony is. <laughs> sparkle pony is someone who comes and has fabulous outfits, <clears throat> but doesn't necessarily bring anything else with them. Uh, Besides so, their fat, which is something. Yeah. So they've there's got, a yeah, lot of eye candy. They've got great them. eye candy uh, costumes, but don't necessarily have enough food to last or water to last or a place to stay mm -hmm. um so I, yeah in general that's my definition of a sparkle pony. Temba thought he was a sparkle pony at the beginning of Burning Man and then through some education we found out we that realized he's actually, my true nature he's actually a glitter stallion glitter stallion which is a, a beautiful well-dressed eye candy burner who is also self-sufficient and participating in the event wasn't it specifically because willing to roll up the sleeves get yeah. dirty and do the work because uh sparkle ponies generally geared towards female right and the glitter stallion was seemed like it was aimed at the gay camps i don't know i didn't get that from the definition uh, i just got it as like a good looking well-dressed person who is also participating 
so you were there working with Hammer and Cyclery. Just talk about like the work that you had to do, which was part of your ticket to Burning Man. What was um, that like to be involved in a work <clears throat> a work camp at a a place that is decommodified? I guess. Uh, it was interesting. I didn't think it was going to be quite as hard as it was. The temperature was like a huge factor in it because mm-hmm. it was just so brutal to be out there yeah. in like the 100 degree heat. I would definitely say the I was doing more physical activity last year and it was less difficult. Yeah. Because the heat was just like it was like it was it sapped all your energy like so hard so difficult to do anything during the day and Uh, yet we were required to work four and a lot oftentimes oftentimes it ended up going into five hours and that was really intense uh so the first day we got there i was what was called a bike whisperer so (laughs) i was like pairing one of our people who rented a bike with a bike that fit them and that they liked as well or whatever we had available um which was it was fun I I used to work at a bike shop and do bike fittings and stuff like that so this is like child's play compared to doing like a pro fit on somebody Um, yeah these are these are crusty old bikes that have been to the playa (laughs) and back time and time again um but you don't want to give people new bikes because they're just going to be destroyed anyway so so there's no point but um uh yeah, we had to jump in, too, because we had just gotten off of, like, all of our travel stuff, and we kind of just jumped into the cabin, because they were swarmed. They were, like... Super swamped. And this was... This we, is one of the We most... got there day two, two Tuesday. Yeah, oh, yeah, they had already gotten through the two hardest days, and we were on the um, third day, and it was super, super hard. Super hard, yeah. It seemed <laughs> like uh, uh, a lot of bikes hadn't been pre-prepped, so there was a bit of a wait, because there was Huge a shortage wait. of uh, bikes in the queue for people um so a lot of people are stressing about that um and it was very interesting like i had to get over it because when we first i think the next day was my first full work day and it really it was really bothering me the position that i was put in was um rental librarian which meant people who had paid real money in the real world for these bikes we were now dealing with them on the playa with like um index cards with their names printed on them to represent the like true money that had been exchanged and it was a very like um kind of messy system and there were some problems with the way that it was going down and i was feeling super upset that i was here on quote vacation work vacation but quote vacation dealing with like the same kind of like customer service issues that i deal with in my other job it was really really frustrating to be dealing with that and then after a few days i kind of got over it and just was like you know what i'm on the playa like I'm at Burning Man. I do not have to be a customer service representative because that was really, like, fucking me up because I was working for someone's real business. I was like, well, I need to do my customer service thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, which I let go. The next couple of days, I just started being, like, an asshole to people, and it was great. <laughs> I was like, this sucks, but, like, because I'm, I'm actually working, like, an actual store at Burning Man, this sucks for so many reasons. But I'm at Burning Man, so I don't have to pretend to be... A customer service representative you know so i just started treating people like however i felt and that made it a lot easier and no one could stop me because it wasn't a real business because we were at burning man yeah that was definitely one of the kind of difficult parts um most of the rest of the time there i was working as an assistant mechanic so we had this huge line um this is our gift 
um, mind you, was to help people fix their bikes. Um, so there, every day there was massive lines of people that had people shit, lined up shit going an hour before bikes. our camp opened. <clears throat> people were lining up. So um, there's lots of entitled people. Like we ran out. Like the most common things were uh, flat tires, so we ran out of tubes really quickly. And then people didn't really uh, plan to take care of their bikes, so the dust gets in your bottom bracket. And if you don't know about bottom brackets, there's a bunch of bearings in there. And this, the playa dust is a uh, base, so it's the opposite of an acid, which also fucking strips down anything it comes in contact with. So we have destroyed like bearing cups and stuff like that. And uh, I think, yeah, as time went on, that was like our most common thing was was replacing bearings, in which mm-hmm. we ran out of, and we're like pirating bearings and. It's uh, a crazy like cobbled cobbled job, <laughs> and and people treat you like. Like you're at a business yeah, and they're paying you money to do this super thing. Super entitled. They're and, like, what do you mean you don't have any more tubes? I'm like, bitch, yeah. we're out of tubes. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, and I mean that's like the one nice thing that I remember. I think I noticed from Cal last year because my my younger brother had done this camp. I think this was his fourth year with the camp, and he's just kind of an asshole to people because you can be. Like, yeah, and you you kind of have to be too because it's you're not getting paid for it. It's not like yeah. It's, it's a, like, I mean, it's a work trade, so it's like you kind of are, but like at the end of the day, you're at Burning Man, and the whole idea is social conventions should be out the window. You yeah. do not have to act in a certain way, which is very liberating. But it's, but it's also fucked up because people did give their real money, so they do expect real like quote default world customer service out of it. Well, yeah, on the on the rental side. On the rental the, side, the gifting of the, the repair repairs side. is like, why are you? Yeah, this is a it's a gift. It's like, like someone, why are you getting an attitude? It's like with we've me been right to, now. We, we went to so many bars, and if someone gave you a shitty drink, you're like, oh, this drink sucks, you know. But you got free booze. You got free booze. So like, what are you gonna do about yeah. it? Yeah, you're not gonna go complain and speak to their manager. Like, like that's what one yeah interesting aspect of the gift was because the gift is like this weird service that right. people felt entitled to unlike a lot of the other camps are yeah doing fun stuff like giving out beer giving or out booty shorts. giving out yeah. uh, massages or yeah. like come paint your nails at our tent or... well and it was also a survival gift because if people's bikes were fucked up their burning man was ruined yeah you know because without a, and it contributes to the insane moop bicycle problem that happened this year yeah where people what's moop Moop is matter out of place, <laughs> which is basically just litter, um, but it can include urine, it can include um, cigarette ash, it can include glitter, it can include hair. Basically, since it's BLM land, you're not you're supposed to leave no trace, which means you pack it in, yep. you pack it out. Literally anything. So anything that's not, wasn't there before is moop. I think the biggest ones are wood chips and what's the other one? Wood chips and nails. With screws are like the biggest thing that they find every year. So, yeah. But then there's a moop bicycle problem, which is where people... So I think it's interesting because our camp is very like closely entwined with all of this. These kind of issues. Because bicycles are key at Burning Man. And it's beautiful that they're key. You know? Because it's like... It's awesome. There's a city of 70,000 plus people all riding bikes. All using their own bodies (laughs) for locomotion. Which is like, imagine if other any other city did that you know it would be incredible 
Um, so it's a great experiment in that regard. But then, yeah, the most uh, many of the people, I would say most of the people do not know how to maintain their own bikes. So no. they don't come and with... it's so simple. It's so simple. So simple. Just a little water and vinegar and you spray any of the moving parts, your hubs, your bearings, your bottom bracket. Mm-hmm. I, your I, showed, I showed dozens and dozens of people. I'm sure you did so too. So many That people. wasn't even my job. I was just so <laughs> sick of seeing you guys have to deal with the people that were really just needed to learn how to take care of themselves. And so, especially with anyone who is acting entitled, part of the gift of the camp, and one of the things that I think is cool about the gift of our camp is it's not just about doing it for people, it's about teaching them how to do it for themselves. Yeah. So the mechanics do not usually just don't 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 usually just let the people like sit back and have it taken care of unless they're in a bad mood, maybe they don't want to deal with people, whatever. But that was me most of the time. Yeah, I, mean, I did teach some people some stuff, but most of the time, I, was just I like, mean, you don't have give to give it to me. Get out of my face. You don't have to. <laughs> like honestly, it's you're still giving them a gift. But the part of the concept at the camp is like you're going to learn how to do this, and you're gonna know how to do this from now on. So you stop fucking bothering us. What I would say to a lot of people is like, here, now you know how to do it. Don't, don't let me ever back. fucking see you again. Like, take care of yourself. Bye. And, and that's key, you know? That would be like, I don't know, people who didn't know how to pump their own gas in Los Angeles or something, and there was no gas attendance or something <laughs> like that. Like, it's just fucking stupid. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what we were doing for work, and that was like a crazy part of the weekend. So it was more, you were saying it was more work than you kind of thought it was going to be. Yeah. So how did that affect your experience of, like, I mean, kind of your dream of what Burning Man would be and then what the reality was for this particular year in camp? Um, I just didn't expect it to be so taxing and so much like a regular job. Right. Like, yeah, I think just the entitlement was a huge thing. Like, I I knew I was going to be putting in work for sure, but I I think the attitudes of people that were coming in for our gift. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting to deal with that emotional side of it. Totally. Because it's, yeah, it's not like... Like I said before, we were giving out something fun. People were like, oh, awesome. It was like all day we're dealing with people with problems who have not everyone had an attitude. Like no. there were some really gracious people, which is like super refreshing. Like people were like, oh, yeah, whatever you can And you do. were given a lot like, of gifts and beer I got a couple of cool gifts. A lot of... Beer and weed. A few beer, a few beers, but some of those beers were actually like... Uh, I, I started to take a, a notes from your brother Cal because he was like... No, go get us a beer. Yeah. Get, go do something yeah, for us. Yeah, no, it's good. It's like, actually, his attitude is correct, and he's done it for enough years and known, like, how... F- we, we weren't even there on the crazy days, you know what I mean? Yeah. But enough years to know, like, people are going to act fucking entitled, and you are in no way required by the people who are running the camp to treat them in any type of way. Yeah. You are absolutely allowed to treat them however you want, because yeah. we're a Burning Man. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought, yeah, just the attitudes of a lot of people that were coming in for a gift was kind of bullshit, because mm-hmm. a lot of babies, a lot of entitlement. Um handful of really cool people though too so those yeah there was there were some good interactions but it's definitely i mean we kind of touched on this in our last episode too we were talking about work right yeah and i touched on like this interesting thing we're going to experience at burning man which i was hinting at this experience of like working at burning man which um you know for people for for us experiencing that and there's a lot there's a large number number of people there who are doing work exchanges you know yeah all those plug-in plays get set up by people yeah, <laughs> and maintained. by Sherpas, they call them, you know. Um, so that was that was part of the experience. But let's talk then, I guess, more about after hours and what your party off-time Burning Man experience was like. 
Um, it was cool. There was, I mean, there was, I felt like from the stories from my friends and like pictures I've seen, I felt that a lot of the art installations were a little underwhelming. There wasn't quite the scale of stuff that I'd seen in previous years, Mm -hmm. but there was also some really cool shit too. Do you think that it has something to do with the power of a photo? Because remember we looked at like a bunch of photos and we were like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And they also look so beautiful in the photo that they look more powerful than they do when covered in dust in like 105 degree heat. Uh, I'm sure that's part of it as well. But from like people have been there, like, like you telling me some of the stuff, like just the scale of projects was a lot larger. Like the installations were bigger and grander. There was more burns. The man and the temple were small, um, seemed very like small to me this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. But I feel like everybody says that every year, so I don't yeah. know. I don't really want, <laughs> I don't really want to be that, that way, but yeah. Um, you felt a little but, disappointed, like it didn't seem as grandiose as you had expected. Um, yeah, maybe. Or it seemed like maybe just not the, the same scale of projects didn't seem to be out. Yeah. Um, but there was some really cool shit, like the giant marionette was dope. Like was that I, one of your favorites? Um, I guess so, yeah. Can you explain what that was? Um, so there's uh, this giant puppet, I don't know, how tall was that, like 40 feet tall? It was up on a bed when it wasn't walking around the playa. So that, yeah, it was like this, let's call it 40 feet tall. 30 feet tall? I don't know. 20? I'm bad at that. Let's say 20. It probably wasn't 40. I have no idea. Let's say... I have no scale. 20, 25. Let's call it a 25 foot... 32 feet tall. Let's call it a 25 foot puppet. Um, So it was kind of hung from a giant... uh, Crane. It was not really a crane. It was like a big... Lift? Was it a cherry picker? It was like a a super industrial like forklift thing. A a giant forklift thing. Um, and then it had people walking with it, kind of pulling ropes to make it walk and like look around. And I didn't hear it talking, but other people in our camp said they, that it was speaking. So I guess someone had like a, like a PA rigged up to it. And, uh, I'd actually seen it before in a YouTube video. There was like a Mm. parade that had a bunch of them, uh, a bunch of different of these large puppets kind of like walking down the street Mm -hmm. during the day. Um, so it was really cool to see that in person. Um, what else? There was a your favorite one was like this huge metal tower that had mm. these flower like these uh, looked like they were like aluminum. Flowers. Yeah, they were like thin aluminum shaped flowers that were like painted like airbrushed all these different pastel colors and it looked like a flower church which is so my vibe it was dope and it it had a huge like a flame thing at the peak a ginormous flame so hot i feel like the that was awesome the flame was flames out there were really cool uh you said and a friend other friend of mine said there wasn't as much flame like fire i meant burning man for the fire previous years yeah um but yeah, the I said I'd never really been around that many kind of like flaming art pieces, mm-hmm. and some of them they're like kind of they're like lit like a candle and they're kind of going the whole time. But the ones where it's like a flamethrower, like when you're next to that, mm. there's something like when you've never been around that before is like incredible. Just like this sound and heat wave that blasts you, like you feel like you feel like you're like 
not close enough for it to hit you that hard, but it was like some of that shit was really intense, just like this whoosh and just getting I'm blasted. I'm that's, that's like my absolute favorite part of Burning Man. And when, when I try to, I guess, kind of sell people on Burning Man, not that anyone should be sold on it because I never wanted to be sold, but like when people ask me about it, I'm like, well, if you're into fire like I am or if you're into any kind of like pagan-y type stuff, like the fire element is, it's Burning Man. That's what it's built on. It's built on this like kind of pagan ritual, you know? And and that's the best part to me. Like, I could really care less about the rave elements or the EDM elements. That's not why I'm there. I'm there for the fire. 100%. <laughs> it's, all, it's about the fucking fire. Let's it's, burn some shit. And I was so grateful because we had, we had two flame experiences that made me so happy because both of the burns were disappointing for different reasons. I, by, but I went to three major burns, but um, the temple burn and the man burn were both very disappointing to me for different reasons. Um, but the burn, the fire stuff that I really loved was when we got to go inside of a fire mutant vehicle. Oh, that was really dope. We were really high for one reason. That's why it was really awesome. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) And, uh, this guy had like, we, we had gone out to some kind of sound, sound camp in the deep play, I think. And this guy, this kind of like nerdy dude who seemed like he was not a burner, right? He didn't seem like a burner. He seemed like a nerdy, like tech guy from somewhere up in SF, right? Did you get that feeling from him? Um, I mean, I guess you could, I was high. I guess I you could know. say that. He was like a skinnier dude. I, I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily say he wasn't a burner. It was hard. Yeah, I guess not. There's all types. What does yeah. that mean? What is, yeah. What? <laughs> well, compared to the second event, which I'm going to talk about, which felt very OG. You know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, he had created this awesome, like, UFO that had all of these... It uh, looked like you know the Gravitron? It was yes, basically yes. the Gravitron. <laughs> but he had created a panel in it so you could go inside and walk around and like look at the inner workings of the fire vehicle. That which, was really cool. Which, you could see all the like tubes. Oh, and it's just crazy. It's crazy to see the technology that is behind those vehicles and those installations is just like mind blowing. And our friend Alex, who's so awesome, knows a little bit about it and he was like kinda asking the guy about it. and apparently the guy had invented some new way of regulating the it was fire. Like a new nozzle or some shit. Yeah. Just like it was it was cool. It was some nerdy shit that I know nothing about that I was like, this is so fucking awesome to be walking around inside of a pyro car. But the best part What? Was that he had this ro- oh, yes. radio control box to control it. And he let us fucking push the buttons. Yeah, so he was letting people play it and taking so much joy in it. Like, he just had such That's joyful energy. That's what it's energy. about, yeah. yeah he, he was, was just, like, I invented this thing, like, let's this is all my share thing. it. Try it out. Oh, it was so cool. <laughs> just And just great, like, great spirit from him, you know yeah. what I mean? And that was, like, to me, like, such a beautiful spirit of, like, I created this cool thing, I'm here to share it, let's all enjoy it. And it was so beautiful. And then on the last night, um, we had I had pulled a double that day because there was just so much to do. I had worked from 9 a.m. until came out to Stars and Bikes and helped you guys with that. Yeah, so this is like two days after Burning Man's officially over. <laughs> right, and we're working, and it's been a long day. We decided not to like go back up for the third shift that a lot of people <laughs> were doing to be good campmates, but it was in no way required. So instead, I saw somebody took a nap in a hammock, and then I was like, "What are all, what's all that flame over there?" Because that kept being like the theme throughout Burning Man. Was wherever I saw flame, I was like, "Let's walk there." I just wanted <laughs> to be where the fire was. Um, we walked over there, and there was this awesome gathering happening. I don't know if it's like a maybe a tradition or something, but it kind of felt like the bar 
that was there, like this was their tradition, was to bring together all these pyro cars and pyro art installations into one place. So it was just this fire camp that spontaneously arranged themselves on the esplanade, which is one of the main, kind of the main inner circle before you get to the open playa. And it was like, it was only real heads because it was two days after the thing had Super been OG. Over, so. I was like eavesdropping on people. And they were like, yeah, this is my 15th year. You know what I mean? Like these were, these were the real heads for sure. Yeah. It was a very good feeling. And it felt like, like I said, that's to me like Burning Man is this fire thing. It's this alchemy, pagan, like celebration of the uncontrolled, like the controlling the uncontrollable the craziness, the chaos, all of that. And then there was this one artist who created a organ Oh, that was so cool. So we got to witness this performance that was like a, a pyro pipe organ. It's like this insane flamethrower pipe organ, but with also like air horns in it. Like it was mind boggling all the sounds this thing was making. And I want to pause to say thank you for sticking with us through this podcast because we are now those people that gush about Burning Man and other people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> But we I, we don't, we're only doing it because it's a podcast yeah. that we're doing specifically about it. I don't think we talk so, about it that much at all. No, and I <laughs> I honestly don't like to. Like I said, like when people at work were asking me, I'm just like, it's a really good party, and they're like, but isn't it this? But isn't it this? And I'm like, could be. Like, don't know. I don't know. I think it's a cool party. I don't really want to get into it. I have like a real uh, fear of being that kind of person. Yeah, definitely. Because I've talked to so many burners who are so fanatic. And so, like, we'll talk your ear off about it. And I'm just like, I don't care. I obviously have to be there, you know? Yeah, I think it's something to do with, like, like I was, I, I took the Burning Man census earlier today. And in the end of it was a lot of questions about, oh, did you have a transformative experience, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I think a lot of those people, like, gush hardcore about it are people that don't like their 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 regular lives don't have a lot of like mystery or this kind of like unhinged like freedom to do what they want and like this is the first experience they they have where they're like oh there's no rules i don't have to be in a box i can Mm -hmm. just do whatever i feel like and it's okay Mm -hmm. so i think um if that's the first time you had that yeah. Them, then it can then it can be a truly transformative experience, which is great. Or if that's one of the only places you feel free mm-hmm. to do that, what? But that's just not how I live my life. I'm right. like, I'm gonna do what and the fuck I want. That's why I've <laughs> always been very like, you know, fingers crossed, like, stay away burners in a sense, because I'm like, what? You know, I think of that fanatical burnerism as like religious in a certain way. Oh, totally. People proselytizing or people being like, this is the right way, this is the way. And I'm like, I could see like, I could see taking really I'm important- home. I'm my default world. <laughs> uh, bitch. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because I, I truly love Burning Man. Like, I do think it's a really fucking fun party. And I love the people that I've camped with the last two years and I would love to go there and create like my own camp or like do something myself just because it's fun. It's a fun party, you know? Like, I do love it. But I hate some part of the culture. Or not hate, but just like, I'm, I have an aversion to some part of the culture. It's a little, yeah, it can be a little icky. Just like people who are like too into their crystals or yoga or something. Anything, but. yeah, anything that becomes like just a, <laughs> repla- a replacement for religion. Yeah. And this year's theme was radical ritual, which is interesting, right? 
I was reading a little bit about the temple before we went out. I was actually doing a lot of research reading the Burning Man blog because I was like, oh, last year I went knowing literally nothing. This year I'm going to like research the things that interest me about it, right? And I was reading about the temple and how the temple didn't exist up until like, I think 2006 or something, or not 2006, 1996 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, when they realized, they just like created an art installation and they realized like having a temple was like core to creating a city. They were saying like all cities have temples or places of ritual or worship, you know, and that they had created it for somebody who had died and that's how they took on that meaning of like being a place of mourning. Um, so, I mean, that's interesting because I think like religion or this idea of spirituality or whatever is core to the city, is core to the principles in some way, but it gets a little crazy when people treat those tenets, principles in the same way they treat religion, you know? That's yeah. when I think it gets kind of murky. Yeah. It's an experience. It's it's not it's not the answer no. to life. <laughs> no, it's a pop-up utopia, you know? And, and, pop, and pop-up utopias are like, you can take a lot out of those experiences. Like, I know what I took from Burning Man and what I can, like learn about myself and about my relationships from it you know but i think people get really like hyped and excited like oh if only like life outside could be just like burning man it's like but it really can't. it's not sustainable it's how are you gonna have one... a walmart that's not walmart like <laughs> helping us bring our stuff into our fake utopia in here you know what i mean it's yeah. just it's crazy i mean so the art you mentioned some of the art that you liked yeah I got a little derailed because we started talking about fire. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> what about some of the experiences you had, maybe just like us biking around or camps that we visited? We went and did a couple like kink camps and we, we experienced did. the Orgy Dome. We did. A couple times. Orgy Dome was, Orgy Dome was pretty dope. Um, it was not what I expected. I thought it was going to be a little wilder. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty tame in my estimation i mean which might have been about the time of day we went yeah could have been so the orgy dome is a camp that's traditionally known for having a space where couples can come together and navigate like different couples or more couples or more sons yeah can come in and navigate different like whatever what would you call that Mm, sexual interactions orgies yeah (laughs) sexual shared sexual interactions yeah so Um, there's like i don't know it's like a three-tier system kind of there's like the just us room where you're not supposed it's just like couples on a mattress and you're not supposed to look at anyone or interact with anyone in any way because so it's looking, like a, looking is a breach of consent which yeah. they the really great they great consent talk orgy dome was awesome i mean i love orgy dome and i'm it bums me out that so many people think they hear the word orgy and they think dog pile yeah they, they assume that that means it's a dog pile People are going to be licking on you whether you like it or not, and that's how that is. And it's actually really, really consent-based, and that's probably why it's so much tamer, you know what I mean? Yeah. No one's violating any consent to the best of their abilities, right? Yeah, I would say I so. I might have taken a little bit of a pink, a peek in the don't peek room. It was <gasps> really Not on purpose, you? it's just really hard not to. <laughs> Bad girl. <laughs> so you were explaining there's the three rooms. Uh, yeah, so just us room where just, it's just a couple. I guess it could technically be... A threesome or yeah. a foursome. It's just like you're not involving anyone else. You're not talking to them. You're not looking at them. Yeah. Uh, then there's the open for more, which means you're there with 
whatever your group is and someone can respectfully come up to you and say hey would you like to join forces or and then you negotiate from there Mm -hmm. so it's uh you can look at people in there um and you can approach someone if you're interested in them um and and of course no is always an option and respect uh, and all that is so at the door their consent talk is really really thorough and like helps explain the the kind of etiquette at the orgy dome which is great And they have someone that kind of walks around from time to time that... Passes out lube and Brings condoms. out lube, condoms, answers any questions or anything you might have. And then there was the... What was orgy it Orgy room. The orgy room, yeah. Which is kind of like a more... You, Sorry. <laughs> pouring wine. Um, you go in there with uh, the understanding that you want more. So it's kind of still consent-based. Is it okay if I touch you? Is it okay if we join you? What are your you? limits? What are your limits? Yeah. Uh, negotiations that way. But it's more, I'm in here because I want someone else to join me or join us, other, join us, mm-hmm. other people to interact with. Um, so, yeah. And, we, and, and to go into the orgy dome, you have to be in a couple or more. Yes. So you can't, as a single man, woman them they you cannot go in there without another person with you even if it's not a sexual partner you can go in with a friend like no one's forcing you to have sex in there either and that was something that's really nice i guess about their system is that it's not gendered because a lot of like swinger parties or whatever like no no single single men (laughs) single females fine no single men which and i have had like an issue like an issue with when we've encountered spaces like that that assume male body people have a predatory nature by default yeah and it's you know we got to start treating each other if you want equality you gotta start treating people equal yeah so that was really nice that that was their policy it's beautiful yeah it was really um, great to come into a space like that so we went there twice three times? two times i think twice yeah, the third time times. the third time we tried to go they had already closed down because uh, we were only going during daylight hour no night time we were kind of going during like the slow hours. Yeah. Otherwise, there was a line, and we encountered a line a couple times, and we were like, "No, nah, fuck it, we're not waiting." We're gonna that go shit. out and do something. I'm sure if we had gone during the busy hours, it would have been a different atmosphere. Yeah, I think if we go again, we should try a busy hour just yeah. to see what it's like. We'd probably make um, a point to do that, but it was air conditioned. It was dust. The only air conditioned. One of the you only. Could, air we, at one point, spots. we just like took a nap. We took a nap. <laughs> we we tried like, to convince people in our camp yeah. to like just bring a friend, take a nap. It's, we were trying to tell people the orgy dome is dope it's not just about dogpiling and like pe- there's such a stigma against po- just like poly things being like oh y'all have stds you just fuck whoever and it's just that that you well, know not poly I mean? swinging well poly, poly too. and swinging poly yeah and just swinging. the idea that anyone who's like non-monogamous is like being unethical or being careless with their whatever so that camp kind of doesn't like they really try to make sure that like certain guidelines are being followed yeah, that was one of my favorite places, and I was really Me glad too. that we were like two a block and a half yeah. from there. So. We got literally we got off the Burner Express, which is the bus that goes from the Reno Airport to Burning Man, and that is it dropped us off directly right in front of the Orgy Dome. We were like, should we what? just go? We had our bags with us, but I was, <laughs> should we just go in? Should we just go right in? But we were like, no, no, we should check into our camp, <laughs> let them know we're here. But we were a block away from the camp, so we went back and. Yeah, it was great. It was Amazeballs. Super, it was super fun. Um, what so that was one of their camps were cool. We really uh, liked Retro Frolic. Retro Frolic was awesome. We went there. Uh, I guess they they were a kink camp that kind of had like a BDSM play space. And they were kind of geared towards more like BDSM one hundred two, one hundred three. 
Yeah, there's a lot of like, like intro lots classes. Lots of intro and, stuff. Yeah. Not uh, like we don't have lots to learn, but we kind of want it to be around more experienced players, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was cool. There was a lot. Uh, it wasn't super crowded when we went in there, but there was like, I feel like there was probably people at almost every station, which was yeah. a, a decent amount. And they there had. There was a great um, kind they, of consent and rules and protocol like a protocol sign yeah. at the door that we sat and read and it was very thorough and we could tell that these were people who knew what they were doing and it was a safe place to enter they had good dms uh dungeon monitors mm-hmm. um and really were... sexy people there yeah there's some cute people it was there. like a it was nice, nice it had like a nice vibe of like just yeah good scenes going on good, yeah. yeah cute people had a fun a, little scene. We did a little scene on the sawhorse. Got some bruises on your bum bum. I had bruises for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was another room, which I guess we should talk about. We're not trying to throw Retrofolic under the bus, but there was sort of an interesting dynamic with this other room that had a fucking machine and... It was like an electro-fucking machine. An electro-fucking machine. And it, uh, e-stim insertable toys, as well as a more intense violet neon wand or violet wand, wand which is an electro play toy um so the person who those items belong to brought us back there and we said can we play with these toys he said you know yes you can play with these ones these ones i need to show you the ropes how to use them and we we're like okay so we started with the one that we had experience with that we could play with and that was fun that was more intense than the violet and the neon wand that we have so that was cool but then I really wanted to try the e-stim insertables because I work at the stock room, I work at a sex shop, and I've just started learning about in, uh, electro-stim stimulation insertable toys, which basically create muscular contractions inside either your rectum or your vagina or wherever you decide to put them. <laughs> so I was really excited to try this out. I was like, oh my god, they have these toys. You, you saw how excited I got. Yeah. Um, but it's understandable and... and Unfortunate at the same time, the way that the owner of the toys, you know, decided that he wanted to gatekeep them was like, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat experienced with these, but I would like to try them. Can you show yeah. us how to try them and then we can do it? He's yeah, like, we just asked for an overview. Yeah, so that we could use them ourselves. And he said, yeah, I can do that, but I have to be the one to insert them, which felt like a little like step over of like, you know, you could, I actually would probably wouldn't have had a problem with him just like sitting there. Yeah, that's what I envisioned was yeah. just kind of like making sure we're okay. I'm like, okay, you guys look like you're good. I'll be up yeah, here you if you Yeah, you know what you're me. doing. But he insisted that like inserting them was his the safe way to do his job. And mm. that just felt like, nah, I kind of think you're trying to get your jollies. Yeah, there's a there's a weird thing I've noticed like in like my, I guess, uh, like kind of public kink uh interactions there's a lot of like older dudes who have money and have built up a big arsenal of toys and stuff like that and they never seem to have partners but they're always super eager at like kind of trying to play with the person you brought or trying to take over your scene and that's not cool Mm -hmm. like well and and it's also just the way he approached it was not like would that be okay if I did the inserting because I would feel safer with my toy that I own if yeah. I did that? It's Instead, he like, was like, "No, I have to do the inserting." And it's just, it's just kinda, like there's no like, respect for our dynamic. Yeah, and even even like when we walked in there and we started talking to him, and he was like, "Oh, have you used 
electric have you used a violet wand before and i was like yeah we have i have one mm-hmm. and he was just like oh well you're m- more advanced than i thought just right. like just because like i don't know what it is is like maybe we seem young do I don't we know. look yeah we look young or we don't look like your stereotypical like bdsm Kingsters, people yeah. like mm-hmm. I'm a black dude with fucking curly fro hair, like, hanging out. I guess he maybe hasn't seen that many. Could he be. Seemed like he took us for kind of just some randos that wandered in. Right. Um, so that was annoying and frankly disappointing because I really, really wanted to try Everything else about it was, it was cool. And yeah, I would have, like, I would have appreciated, like... Oh, just a rundown on, a rundown. I on the equipment. Because obviously we don't want to hurt me. We yeah. And, like, you know, he was saying with like the fuck machine like I absolutely need to do this because I don't want you to you know bruise your intestines or whatever it was and I was like yeah of course that makes perfect sense 100% you, understandable but like you do if not, you haven't used there's like, nothing about inserting something that hasn't even been turned on yeah that is going to be dangerous it, without your assistance it's just e-stim yeah it's not that <laughs> it's not that intense and I think because e-stim seems like scary and kind of like people if people haven't experienced it I noticed this at work until I started like doing demos on people and they're like oh that's what it is I understand yeah. now it's very intimidating it's, and scary looking and I feel a little bit like he might have been preying on that fact yeah you know so that was disappointing but I think that's also like an important experience that we had you know for sure and also to go through that together and be negotiating that in the moment and being kind of looking at each other and being like nah, I don't think so something's not right here yeah um, but we had another experience that wasn't, I mean, if that was the good experience, yeah. <laughs> it was worse. Well, this experience, so we had another experience, um, uh, where I tried a vacu bed, a latex vacu bed for the first time. Awesome. We were at, uh, Spanky's camp, Spanky's um, camp. which had a, it was an interesting camp. So it was like, kind of like club dance floor-y and they had yeah, like, like go-go a, dancers and things going on. Yeah. There and was then, a spanking machine that I did. Spanking machine on a cool. different night, yeah. Uh, and then they had like a little play space. Um, they had like their rules hung up on the wall. I, we read them before we started doing anything. And Genevieve had been really excited to try the vac bed. It's something I tried, um, I think, at my first play party, and I really liked it. And something, yeah, I think maybe we'll invest in. I want to get um, one made. <laughs> I, I think we can make our own. Totally, I'm super excited. Um, but so, yeah, we get in there, um, we start prepping the area, disinfect, uh, disinfecting it, and, uh, there was one guy from, like, the Netherlands that was, like, playing with his partner and was, I guess maybe he hadn't, he was excited about it too, and was like, oh, do you mind if I watch? And I was like, sure, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and so we start going to get... He we, has to take pictures, too, and we said, did he? no, please oh, don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but yeah, he did ask, and he did ask. And he was appreciate any, yeah, ask consent always. Um, uh, so we go to start getting Genevieve inside. We unzip it, and some old dude again, uh, <laughs> an older dude coming over, like starts like taking over, just just like kind of pushes himself in front of you. Pushes himself in front of me. Yeah. He's like, "This is how you do this. This is the safe word you're going to use." Da 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 da. I'm like, "Excuse me, no." We have our own safe words, and we will be using our safe words, and I will be doing the zipping in and the playing. So this is this was my thought about it. It was like, A, I understand, because a vacuum bed is very dangerous, actually. If you don't get that mouth hole right over your mouth, you could suffocate. If like for It's some, true. If for some reason he doesn't know what state we're in or if we're ready to be doing that scene, you know what I mean? 
And perhaps he's had to deal with a bunch of drunk people, like, coming up and trying to do it. And he's just kind of used to making sure people are being safe with this kind of risky device, right? But I think that's kind of the problem is there's, like, an assumptive quality. And maybe it just has to do with, like, this is not, like, a controlled play party. This is a Burning Man bar that just happens to have a bunch of BDSM kink stuff in it, you know? Yeah. So I kind of felt, I felt like, I feel like a little on the fence about it. Because for one thing, I think he was trying to do his job. It may be, but I clearly, like, communicated to him that you are my sub. At which point, but at which and, point he said, okay, whatever you want to do, and walked away. But he? that was after, like, five pro- pro- uh, protests mm. from me. Mm. Like, he was completely trying to take over our scene. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, it's not cool. Like, yeah. I'm t- like, it's part of one of the things that's turned me off from going to a lot of, like, kind of public events is, like, I'm tired of fucking, like, old white dudes, like, coming over trying to take over my shit. Like, specifically, like, I, I had another experience where I told someone, like, or, or uh, my, my partner at the time communicated to the dude, I don't want anyone else to touch me. Mm-hmm. I want my partner to touch me. And he, like, nods and smiles and going forward reaches his hands right in there. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It's not cool. It's a pattern. It's a pattern that I've noticed. It's a, it's yeah. a, yeah, it's a trope that I've seen happen. Like I haven't done many public things because of it, but I would say the majority of public things I've gone to, this has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, finally I get the dude fucking wanders off. Finally, uh, zip her in, turn on the vac, start sucking out the air. It's fucking awesome. I look over and all of a sudden. There's like 30 people surrounding us and one motherfucker's reaching his hands down to grab Genevieve. Yeah. And I like slap his hand away. I'm like, you do not fucking touch her. Like without my permission, back the fuck up. <laughs> it was like, uh, there, that PlayStation I feel like needed. They needed to not have it be it part to be, of a bar. Yeah. It needed to be separated from this like nightclub bar thing. It was like wide open to it. And I feel like they needed maybe like a dm to like help like if, i think that guy was the dm and he was not doing like a great job. he wasn't there all of a sudden he like shows up when we start getting into it right um uh, which who knows maybe he was coming back from the bathroom or whatever but he like disappeared after i sh- finally got him to leave right. he wasn't like watching anything else that was happening there right. um so yeah, maybe he wasn't the dm he had a spanky shirt on yeah. but who knows he could have just some random dude from the camp but yeah. yeah i was super aggravated and disappointed in the way that space was run yeah um but again it's burning man so it's not like we're gonna yelp about it I mean, it's not customer service. It's like kind of trying to like relate the experiences to like you know those were people who their their gift, their part of being at the camp was to play that role to their best of their ability. It's true, but I feel like if you're if you're worth your weight in anything in the BSN community, you should know these are things you should know. Absolutely, yeah. but the vac bed was awesome. It felt you, great. Did you have a good time? I had a great time in the vac. <laughs> I mean, I, I could tell that Tembo was aggravated, you know, but you gave me a great scene. There's like a nice sensual pleasure to the vacuum bed. And I want to experience it again in better a better environment. For sure. Yeah. We will do it. <laughs> and we did a cattle prod. Oh, yeah. That was fun. That was uh, fun, too. We need a cattle prod. Was that Barbie Death Camp? Yeah, that was just a camp that was a block away from our camp also. And they just had... 
so, someone cattle prods, cattle prods and slushies, I think. Did we know about that, or did someone in our camp tell us about that? We just uh, wandered by that day. And yeah, they were doing it. Remember? Yeah, there were there Maybe, were there were a couple other kingsters in our camp, which was interesting because these are people who I camped with last year who I had no idea were kingsters. And for whatever reason, this year they they all came out of the closet and we were, <laughs> were really about that life. And yeah, it was awesome. That everyone was really nice and it was it was yeah. refreshing to like, yeah, be able to. I think the first night we went into the orgy dome, a uh, couple that was at our camp, we passed them and they were like, oh, hey, yeah. and we're like, oh, hey, yeah, was, yeah, that was cool. They were super sweet. Um, so yeah, it was cool to make some new friends in that realm, mm-hmm. but. We're buying a cattle prod. We are buying a cattle prod. It was awesome. And we got some really good advi- or advice from, was it the the woman who had the cattle prod? She was like, take the a shot, shot yeah. and then do the prod at the same time. I took a shot of like Bacardi or something and then did the prod right as I swallowed the shot. And it created a completely different sensation. So yeah, but you know, alcohol and BDSM, we don't always recommend it. It is no, Burning your Man. Limits. <laughs> <laughs> it is Burning Man, so you kind of, you know... You're trying. I think. Uh, I think it was really fun for us. I think the first night when we were riding around, when we first got to camp, I said, you know, Tema, you're here for the first time. Let's get on the bike. I'll follow you wherever you want to go, because that's, I think, the best way to do it. You know. Yeah, I just rode from like shiny fun light to shiny fun yeah. light, and we hit the whole back. Deep Playa. Deep Playa border. I hadn't gone to Deep Playa at all last year, and you brought me right up. That was there. one thing, like. I was expecting Deep Playa to be a lot deeper. Yeah. It was not as deep as I <laughs> well, thought. Well, you never got caught in a dust storm out there. True. That would definitely like change. The one day I went to Deep Playa, I got caught in a dust storm. So I never really got to see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you actually only had one dust storm, right? And it was very brief. Yeah. only. I mean, there was one on the bus on the way in. But, I mean, we were in a bus. You only um, got caught bare-skinned outside in it yeah, that one day. Once. Which I was disappointed we didn't get more of those, but whatever. Can't predict the weather. It was fucking hot. We didn't need it. We did, sho- we did shower every day, which was a miracle. And yeah. that that changed my Burning Man experience I don't know how you didn't shower last year the I time didn't shower. Last year I didn't shower at all for a week or wash my feet. So I got a really bad case of plyo foot. But um, yeah, we showered every day and that just made the nighttime so much. And, and going to like, you know, kink camps and things like that. Or Dome just made being sexy with a partner... I don't think you can do it without showering or burning man. And we got freaky in the shower. That was nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, there's many oper- ample opportunities for fun. For freak. For freaky fun on the playa. Mm-hmm. But my favorite, one of my very favorite camps was Transformation. Oh! Which this was, this like, was Tumba. Tumba was in his zone. I was, it was so this happy. Was, you were so happy there. That, like, I think that was absolutely your favorite camp. It was like... What, like a 30-minute line? Something like we that? We went at a good time of day on like a later day, I think. Yeah, and it was only 30 minutes. You went and got beer while I waited in line. Yeah. Warm, warm beer, but beer. It was beer, yeah. yeah. So once you get in, everyone's naked, and there's like a dance floor. It's just a naked club scene, and it's super covered, so there's not. it's not like quite as crazy hot. It's not hot. Um, it was nice. It was Beautiful. There was a rubber DJ. Uh, rubber floors. Uh, Allison and Alex Gray were like painting this beautiful mural. Um, and, we, and we did. And Alex Gray was in the shower. Yeah, with us. that was that was probably my Burning Man highlight. So we're like in line, get into the shower area, which, which is was like this, peppermint at that time. Right? Yeah, this like Dr. kind Bronner's of like flexi glass 
rectangle thing. Garage. And they spray you with like water hoses and then foam hoses. And uh, the foam, com- first of all, the foam completely covers you. It's like sensory depot. You have like three inches of foam covering your body. Like I couldn't hear or see or like open my mouth. Yeah. So you're like for sensory depot unexpectedly for like 30 seconds and then they hose you down again. Yeah. So like right when we got in there, right before they sprayed us, I noticed naked Alex Gray right next to us. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. But also, <laughs> oddly... Right before we went in, Temba's old roommate's current partner, like, cut in line ahead of us. Yeah, and he was like, can I cut in front of you? And I was, like, kind of putting my hand, I was like, no. Well, and we didn't We didn't we did recognize, not recognize him. him at all. <laughs> it was Burning Man. Everyone looks different at Burning Man. I was just pissed that someone was trying to cut in front we of me. Like, like, we were like, doing this? We were first in line to go in for the next, like, cycle, and then someone's, like, trying to cut in line, like, not even, they're, like, asking to cut, and I'm like, They were just like, we're no, cutting. No! <laughs> and then we cut, and then he was like, I'm Sage. I was like... He was like, Tembe, right? And he like, said Temba's name wrong, but was like, Tembe, like, right? No, you can't cut in front of me. And then finally, finally I think he said something about, like, um, my roommate's name, and I was like... Oh no! I still can't cut in front of me. Yeah, that was. But he was working. <laughs> he was the working camp. there. Yeah, he was working the camp, and we went in there, and like he was like, "You guys should come with our camp next year." Like, it was just kind of fun. We were kind of being like, "Oh yeah, we've been working hard." And he was like, "You should come here. Everyone just like gets the job they want. Like you don't have to work that hard." Da, 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 da. Who knows? Maybe next year. Maybe next year. This was your favorite camp. It was my favorite camp. Like. That experience of just like after we took our shower and just like dancing on this dance Dance floor naked, naked, it was it was so beautiful. I wish everyone could experience that. It was it was amazing. It was really really great. And then Temba snuck in against the rules for a second shower. My hair needs a lot of water, and I (laughs) I can't help it. It's it's a lot of hair. He has a lot of hair, so I covered for him because there was like a a line line um, Nazi a line Nazi who headed out for Temba who didn't want him to go back in. It's hard to blend in when you're the only brown person yeah, in there was like two, there were like maybe two brown people in the entire camp. Which, let's move on to that then. Okay. So, being brown at Burning Man. Um, yeah, so there was, I probably less, less, I probably saw less brown people, black people than I have fingers. Um, but every time was cool, because, you know, you get that nod, or you see that high, and you're like, do you, feel, do you feel like it changed throughout the week? Like, were you more aware of it when you first got there? Because I know I was more aware of it. I was kind of being like, oh, this is actually more black people than I remember seeing last year. Within the first, like, 20 minutes, I said that to yeah. you, didn't I? I was like, I've seen more black people in the first, like, 10 minutes than I saw all of last year. Um, well, I mean, since it was my first experience there, it didn't seem great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... There was just the the one one time there was a woman on top of an RV, I think, that you pointed out to me. But I think other than that, I pretty much, like, immediate. It was like, hey, hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's so an acute... You're saying there's an acute awareness. awareness. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's pretty much like... I mean, it's pretty reminiscent of living in Echo Park. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not that many... Black people. I mean, it's probably more black people. What is the... Oh, sorry. What was saying? You had looked up the census data earlier today from last year. And so this is from 2016. Every year, Burning Man, Black Rock City does a census of, like, just the different demographics. Oh, yeah. So uh, of people that took the census, uh, 1.1% were black. 
That's such a small percentage. Very small. <laughs> Which, like, then you have to, like, look at that in comparison to, like, um, money the... and, like, gender and all of these other, like... Yeah. I mean, Burning Man is not cheap to do. It's definitely, like, it's there's definitely a socioeconomic barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what your race is, like... If we you... spent we spent three hundred dollars each. Yeah. To get well, there. no, it's a little more. Three hundred and four. Three hundred four. Three hundred four plus the bus ticket. No, the bus ticket was included in that. Oh, it was. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we spent. We, let's just say we spent three hundred four dollars, not including whatever couple supplies, gas mask, whatever goggles, which we didn't even yeah. end up using. Those little things that we bought beforehand. Let's say we spent like three hundred dollars. Yeah. That's not including the ticket, any of the supplies anything like that because that was all covered for us yeah we're super lucky that we had the chance to go with a camp that covered our ticket most people that go with big camps pay money to join that camp right and then have their food and water yeah we had an extreme we worked for it we did um but we actually had our work trip cut short so we worked less than we would have for it which is nice so yeah it's extremely unique opportunity most people do not they do not have that Mm -hmm. happen for them no um, Super unique. There are... But that's uh, because it is a for-profit camp. Too. Yeah. So that's part of it. Uh, Burning Man does offer low-cost tickets, which I think are like 170 170 Don't, don't quote me like on that, that but it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, in the, it's in the upper 100s. Under 200. Um, but still, you have to factor in getting their food, uh, water, all that other shit. I think another... You, I think you could go to Burning Man without... Uh, Besides water, you could probably eat on people's gifted food, but it would be difficult. Yeah. It would be difficult. Uh, yeah. If you, don't if always, you, really, you don't always know what's up. If you were really cute, you could probably get by. <laughs> probably, yeah. But, uh, we are really cute. We are. Let's do it next year. Uh, as an experiment, see if we can get through. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, from the census from 2016, it said, uh, so uh, 80%, 80% of people spent are about three thousand dollars not including their ticket like for supplies costumes blah 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 gas getting there the median was fifteen hundred but again eighty percent of the median paid three thousand mm-hmm. um so yeah it's an, it's not a not a cheap affair and people go all out on it you know that's some people like... do it's like they're like you were saying last year you got to ride with someone that that's like their one big that's thing the... they do. That's the one time they're allowed, they allow themselves to do drugs. They have a camper that's only used for Burning Man, a truck that's only used for Burning Man. They were a fifth, this year would have been, last year was their 14th year. Mm -hmm. They've been doing that for 14 years and then they work their 40 hours a week for the rest of the year to afford that moment, you know? Which I think is a really common, common story there. And it's part of what makes the culture really interesting when you think there's a bunch of really wealthy people here who are just having this like one moment of freedom yeah it's kind of like like halloween it's like yeah the why one, i hate one, halloween. <laughs> the one time a year people get to like yeah dr- express, express, express themselves some facet like, dress of themselves. up crazy yeah. or sexy or whatever this it is this is why i've like, always hated halloween it's the same reason i've always kind of been like mm, burning man <laughs> i mean yeah but I do love Burning Man, not having been there now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a lot of issues with it, just like I think anyone who is like has a brain thinks about who has a what's brain. actually going into what's happening. Um. But yeah. 
What other statistics did you look at? You were looking at medium income, median income. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, pers- this like this ethnicity breakdown is interesting. Okay, should I do go straight to that or do medium income? What's the income? So the median personal income for two thousand sixteen was sixty thousand um, dollars. Not bad. Not bad. Thirty nine point three percent were virgins. Um, I think that's really interesting. So that was last year, my first year. I was part of that. I didn't do the census last year. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people who don't even do the census. I did the census this year, um, earlier today, mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, 56.8% male, 41.4% female, uh, 1.8% identified as fluid, both or neither. Um, 66.4% heterosexual, 7.8% homosexual, uh, 9.76% bi, 11.7% bi curious. Um, I didn't write it down, but I thought another thing was interesting that they have this about hetero, hetero, homo, bi, and bi curious. They also had a metric for, um... Poly, monogamous. No, uh only attracted to the opposite sex mostly attracted to the opposite sex uh equally attracted to each sex mostly attracted to same sex and only attracted to same sex Mm -hmm. uh i thought that one was an interesting uh metric because actually the people i oh i should have written that one down because the people that identified as either hetero curious or homo curious was bigger than people that identified as bi-curious or bi itself. Interesting. So, so yeah, that was, a, that was a really interesting thing to see. So people are reluctant. Is that because bi is stigmatized or something? Could be. Right. Yeah. So they'd rather just <laughs> identify as a binary than yeah. like a... Or I guess some people might round themselves up too. You're like, yeah. eh, I'm, I mean, I think when I took it, I, I, I put... What did I put? I think I put curious but also did i put curious i don't remember but i, I definitely put uh mostly attracted to women because that's how i feel it's like mostly women but sometimes there's a dude that seems cool to me mm-hmm. um yeah so that, yeah that that was an interesting thing uh what else 79.1 percent white 5.7 percent asian 4.5 6 percent latino we already did the 1.1 black, uh, 0.46 uh, indigenous, 9.4... Wait, did you say 0.46 or 4.6? 0.46. 0.46. Yeah. This year there was the Standing Rock camp. I wonder if there's like going to be any difference in that for 2017. I don't know. I did see a video uh, after we got back that was... Uh, this about woman, how this woman fucked con- up that camp was? Or? No, it was a woman confronting another woman in, like, a full, like, headdress right, garb. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Saying how fucked up it was. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she was with she was with an indigenous camp. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? There was also uh, 9.4% other or multi-ethnic. Um, which I guess is what I fall into. Oh, this is another interesting one. The, I guess this is the last one I've written down here. So this is for people who identify as a person of color. 83.7% said no. 
7.2% said they sometimes identify as a person of color, and 9.1% said they do identify as a person of color. What do you think that represents? Like, people who sometimes identify or... I mean, it's got to be people who are pa- white passing mm-hmm. that kind of or... flip-flop depending on what's advantageous at the moment. Or even, would you say, like, do Asian people sometimes identify as people of color? Could be that. Because there's yeah. a really large Asian population. Yeah. Larger than expected. Yeah, I was, right? reading, I was reading an article before I went kind of about the, uh, like, ethnic... Uh, numbers of Burning Man and it was saying like based on kind of the general population of of the country compared to what's reported in, in the Burning Man census like uh, Asians are overrepresented mm-hmm. um, based on uh, how many people report being Asian at Burning Man compared to their population mm-hmm. in the general uh, Which we were both saying was surprising to us because I guess we didn't just didn't take note for whatever reason yeah. of that. Hmm. And that the yeah the black pe- population is extremely underrepresented compared mm-hmm. to their general population. And I think there was like some article about one one of the people in charge of the event, like was interviewed or asked about it and he said something about like black people not liking to camp <laughs> so stupid it sounds so ignorant but yeah well it definitely like i said to you felt like i saw maybe i was more aware of or something but i felt like this year's experience compared to last year i felt like there were more black people there well i guess we'll see if the census reflects that when, yeah. it, when it comes out i wonder because i know that because since that became like a more like public publicly aired issue yeah i don't know how it can be like like have people been trying to like invite more people of color to their camps or like trying to be more inclusive or what but maybe it has been like steering things in a different direction you know i do think i don't remember like when i looked at the census stuff online it was comparing against 2015 and 2014 and did look like it was going up Mm um but yeah i don't know there wasn't like I don't remember there being any, like, weirdness based on race there. I can remember. Before, kind of, a little bit. Because uh, on FetLife, I, there was, like, a going to Burning Man right. kind of thing that I checked in on. And then I got a bunch of, like, unsolicited messages from people like, Hey, I'm going to be at the Orgy Dome. I don't uh-huh. know if that was based on race or uh-huh. maybe they thought it was cute or something. But, yeah, there's I got, I think, like, two messages from dudes that were like, Hey, me and my girlfriend are at the Orgy Dome. Right. Right. Um, so. Hard to say with that. Hard to say. But in your experience, there is a lot of, like, race play involved in some of that yeah there's a lot i mean there's a lot of fetishization mm-hmm. um yeah i guess by race play i mean like maybe like un- un- which is race not, play non-consensual is, yeah or like yeah. non-consensual race play which is like i'm not completely against it like it's a like i don't mind it's it uh, for me it really depends on how you approach it with me mm-hmm. like i'm not opposed to to that like Sure, some of some of it's can be hot, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. But yeah, some of it's not really approached in like the greatest way. Well, and you so can probably read when somebody's like trying to 
exercise some weird white guilt thing or if they're genuinely feel that way like genuinely feel like black people are objects for them to fetishize you know what i mean yeah i'm sure there's like a i mean sometimes you can sometimes sometimes not until you get deeper into it and you're like oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah burning man (laughs) burning man would have won How about you? What was, uh, so, like, yeah, the transformation was, like, one of my most memorable parts. Well, I loved seeing how happy you were there, because you loved being clean and naked. And we were just so happy to be clean It was awesome. Can we we please start a naked foam dance party here? (laughs) Well, they do it all over the country. They don't just do it But it's probably not going to be naked. It's not always naked. Yeah. Yeah, it's special that a Burning Man is naked. There were, actually, weren't enough naked dance parties. There weren't. That was the only one. Yeah, I mean people are people are naked all over Burning Man. We took a naked bike ride. I didn't go as naked as I thought I was gonna be. Like because, I thought it was gonna be a that? lot more. Because uh, you did say that at the beginning. You were like, "No, I'll probably just be naked," and I was like, "We'll see." Um, I don't know. I mean, I was base like I didn't really bring many clothes. I I brought your like kind of sheer see through like robe thing, which I wore basically every day, mm-hmm. and so I I was kind of naked in that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. But. For me, it's mostly a comfort thing, not of like, oh, people are looking at me, but like, the sun's hot, or like, ooh, my pussy's juicing all over the bike seat, or like, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. It's like, being naked is super fun, but it's not always the most convenient way to be there, just because of the elements. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it, was, it wasn't like a thing of like, ooh, people are looking at me, I really don't give a fuck yeah. about that. No, of course not. Um... We were, I, I felt like we were, we were a good amount of, like, naked and then, like, centrally covered up, like, with yeah, I mean, sugge- we suggestively nude. Didn't wear much clothes the no. entire time, <laughs> regardless. Yeah. And, I mean, part of what I think is fun there is, like, it's like you were saying about women wearing pasties. You were like, why would they even bother? And it's like, well, it's because it's kind of like lingerie. It's like, there's a lot of lingerie looks. Pasties have a lingerie appeal. It's like you're not giving everything. There's just a little, you know what I mean? It's just like a way of playing with the look and... and being expressive you know yeah um what were you gonna ask me what my favorite camp yeah what what was your i guess most memorable part um okay so i think it's interesting to compare transformation to the carcass wash that i did last year because we didn't end up doing the carcass wash together no um which i think is okay i don't think carcass wash would have been your cup of tea Especially, just especially after seeing how happy you were at Transformation, because Carcass Wash is kind of gross. (laughs) Why is it gross? You're being um, squirted and, like, squeegeed with dirty water by, like, up to, like, 20, 25 different strangers' hands. Like, more than that, probably. It's not gross, like, oh, I can't stand this. It's just not cleansing. Like, Mm. I went into Carcass Wash thinking I was actually going to get clean because I I didn't shower all of last year, and I was like, ugh. This is my shower day. I'm going to carcass wash, <laughs> which is actually just like kind of squeegee people. The way carcass wash works is you get a little rundown of what's going on. They kind of talk about the tradition behind like bathing each other's bodies, bathing strangers' bodies, how that's represented in different cultures. And then you go down this line of buckets where you're being sprayed with spray bottles and then squeegeed by like, I think four to six people. I can't remember, four to six people kind of like scrubbing you and then squeegeeing all the dirty water off your body. 
So you squeegee like 10 to 15 people, and then at the very end, you get squeegeed. It's kind of like an mm. assembly line thing. Okay. But it's very dirty. But you have like a consent thing also. You're like, yes, you can wash. All, please wash this area really well, but don't do this area or whatever. You get to like say what you want cleaned. Um, what I really took out of Carcass Wash last year was just how non-sexual and interesting it was to touch all these different bodies that I wouldn't normally touch, you know? Bodies from different, like, age groups and, like, I don't know, body types that maybe I wouldn't be, like, attracted to and go out of my way to, like, have my hands all over. I had access to and was kind of, like, by participating required to access their bodies. And they were allowed and required to access mine, you know? Mm -hmm. So kind of that was really interesting because it was just kind of a... It was humanizing and it was sort of just, like equalizing like we're all just fucking bags of flesh you know and so I really enjoyed it and I thought that was like a really kind of just beautiful experience to have but it was not cleansing <laughs> except as like a mind as like a mind exercise it was very interesting you know transformation was fine it was just like a fun party it was like the very like to me that's more of like a sparkle pony moment than a like burning man really taught me something kind of moment you know what I mean so that, that's the difference between those two, I guess. Um, yeah, I really loved Transformation. I actually loved um, the Phoenix Burn, which you were kind of sick at Burning Man, which we haven't talked about. You had, like, a sinus issue. Yeah, I had, like, a crazy... You had it leading up to, like, the week I before. had it before, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was, like, my allergies with a cat or, like, I started doing... I think we mentioned I was doing some dinosaur puppeteering job and one of uh, one of the puppets was, like, brand new, so I think it was, like, off-gassing and it was, like, fucking my sinuses up. Yeah, it was, like, petroleum gas. Yeah, so, like... Yeah, like, I... You were sick before we went to Burning like, Man? And then like, I did, yeah, I got a little sick, too. I, like, was battling off, like, a mini cold, and then we got there. And the playa dust. And the dust, and, the and like... Dehydration yeah, that one night? Yeah. Our first night there. The first was, night, we, like, we hit... We the hit camp, the, the camp, for whoever was in charge of Camp Water hadn't refilled it, so yeah, we, we, we hit, hit every bar we could on our first night bike riding. Yeah, we came back sauced and thirsty, and there was no fucking water, and nobody knew how to, like... Turn on the, wa the, the generator. generator and the pump for the water system. So like, Radical we, went, <laughs> we went to bed with like zero hydration. That fucking sucked so hard. Uh, but yeah, maybe like two so or three nights. So then you got a nights, little sick, yeah. Yeah, two or three nights in, like my sinuses shut down. It was just like stuffy nose. I woke up. Breathe. I woke up not miserable. being able to breathe. I was. It yeah, was miserable. I was in hell. <laughs> I did not know what to do, but I was on whatever sleep cycle I was on not able to stay up and comfort you but then I next day got you some nasal spray because I got up at 5 a.m that day that you were sick I said I know you're sick just if you don't want to do the burn just keep sleeping like, uh -uh. Do the burn. <laughs> so I did the sunrise burn which is one of the traditional burns and it was a phoenix and I really enjoyed it because it was funny in a way it was this like wooden phoenix and then they had designed it to have like a metal um skeleton a metal skeleton inside but they you know since it was a burn they had, it's not like they had made this thing before and seen how it would burn so all the metal had melted and it was just kind of like floppy this <laughs> <laughs> really said you know it was supposed to be symbolizing like burn the phoenix and rise from the ashes but instead it was this floppy <laughs> failure of a phoenix rising from the ashes and i loved it and it was a really intimate fire it was a super small structure 
which was like, yeah, one of my disappointments this year was that the structures were so small. And because the one guy had ran into the fire, all of the big burns were, a lot of the big burns were canceled. And a lot of the fire events were like just dampened in a big way. But prior to all that happening, the Phoenix burned and it was a really small, intimate one. Very few people had turned up for it. Um, and it, yeah, it was beautiful. It was just like a very intimate burn. And uh, the Phoenix did not rise from the ashes and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> You know, but then I was also fascinated because there was a bunch of like material in the core that was was fireproof. There were like there was like rubber tubes and some kind of like plastic casing. And I was like, what? I was spending all this time like trying to get close to it and like see. And I was convinced that this like genius sculptor had like created a uh, like temperature sensitive hydraulic phoenix structure that like when the temperature cooled enough, it was gonna like literally rise from the ashes so i was like no i'm gonna stick around i'm gonna see what's going on yeah this is happening but it never happened and it was actually just a failed not a failed but an experiment of a sculpture which ended in a crumpled (laughs) a crumpled somewhat defeated phoenix which was beautiful in its own way you know i really loved that i really like that there's like Somebody had put a lot of fucking time and energy and they'd gotten this to be like an official burn, the, the official AM burn. The official AM burn last year was epic. It was these huge, the catacombs were these huge pyramids and they created these like, in you know, insane dust, um, dust smoke tornadoes. And it was just, it was ginormous and incredible. And oh. It, it was fucking, it was crazy. And that's why I really wanted you to do it, the AM burn, because, like, I remembered last year so vividly. This year was very different and very <laughs> cute, like, for that reason. You know what I mean? Also to just be like, this was this year. This is what this was, you know? I need that sleep, yo. I'm glad you got that sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you did need it. But I actually really liked that because the burns are, like, the most important thing to me. The temple burn was very interesting this year, though different, you know? It was dead quiet. And think of, like, the entire week of Burning Man and how quiet it was during that temple burn. Yeah. You know? It was, like, deafening silence. Until people got antsy and started being like, is this thing going to collapse or what? And then they, like, left or whatever. And we left. Some people started, like, trying to get a cheer wave going through. But... Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was interesting to experience, too. I was only disappointed because they had put a fence up around it, and I knew that we weren't going to be able to walk the coals, which was something I did last year that I really loved. I saw a bunch of, like, naked people walking the coals, which was incredible. All these people were doing these, like, what felt like very personal pagan rituals around the fire, and I didn't get to experience any of that this year, and I don't think a lot of people did, and that was just a disappointment. And it's sad to think that maybe that going forward will never be allowed. Yeah. Well, you know what? We have a little garden here. We could build a little thing out of wood, (laughs) and we could burn it and have some friends over and get naked, and And then we could do firewalking. Yeah, you know how to firewalk. A little bit. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I was... In college, I dated a woman who was like a firewalking facilitator, and she invited me out to like some kind of retreat thing where they were doing using firewalking as a, like a, an aspect of like I don't know some like self-help kind of woo-woo thing mm-hmm. but yeah she invited me out for the firewalk part and I did and I was like that's it yeah like firewalking is so anti-climatic yeah <laughs> I'm sorry if you got something out of it but like I understand like what people are like using it as a symbolic thing for but mm-hmm. yeah 
not not being a part of that group and just coming out for the fire walking specifically i was like that's it oh okay let's do it let's have let's have a fucking let's build something out of wood and invite some people over and get i naked love fire and i just fire love walking. fire can i mention that one more time what is it you love yeah my name's not fire, fire. But I am a fire sign. You are a fire sign. And I'm a water sign. I'm a Those fixed are opposites fire attract. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What else about Burning Man? I mean we had our whole I guess we were gonna talk about our whole week after, but mm, eh, eh, eh. I don't know. We had we were supposed to do a work week in Gerlock. Um Let's summarize it. To summarize it, yeah. Um part of our getting the ticket paid for was that you agree to fix bikes in a junkyard in Gerlock a week afterwards I did it last year it was super fun I was the camp kitchen cook so I basically just cooked for a bunch of my junkyard babies and I loved it I had a great time you're staying in like a crappy motel there in Gerlach it's super fun um this year we got there and they only had rooms for us for four days for whatever reason yeah um so that meant we could only do four days in the junkyard Temba and I did kitchen together, which was really fun. It was dope. We made some bomb-ass food. We made some really good food and kept everyone who was working their asses off really well fed. Yeah. And it was really fun to do that together. They were stoked about Everyone was really happy. Because that's important. And to me, like, that's something I'm really, I feel that I'm really good at. Is just, like, taking care of people in that way. And, like, even when they're doing shitty things, having, like... Especially when you're doing shitty things. If you have, like, a good meal and... It's like being a It's cat. a morale booster yes. and it's, like... Yeah, it's like being a bored cat and you're like, where's my treat? And that treat just, like, makes your fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. But we made really, really good food for them. Um, and then the trip got cut short and we spent four days in a... I guess we were only in Gerlach for, like, three days, really. Yeah. Three and a half days. Um... Which we did a little bar hopping in Gerlach. That was fun, actually. Yeah. There was one night. Interesting. There was one night. <laughs> Gerlach is a really interesting town because they make all of their yearly income from Burning Man week. And that's it's a very interesting and strange place. I got accused of stealing Tell from a ac- bar. Yeah. That was very by important. Our by our neighbor. Next door neighbor at the fucking motel. <laughs> she was convinced that Temba, wasn't awkward. She was convinced that Temba had not paid his tab even after we got. One of, uh, one of the other uh, servers, I think, manager, to say, yes, no, you paid your tab, you're totally fine. She continued to harass him about it. They don't see brown folks in Gerlach that often, I guess. I don't know. It was really weird. It was fucking bizarre. Yeah. But it could have been worse, but still... I, uh, I, sh- I shouldn't have had to fucking endure that. <laughs> no, you definitely should not have. Um, so then we went to Sparks, Nevada and hung out in a casino for four days. We a went to fucking a, we went to smoky, an a- depressing casino. Yeah, we went to an aeronautics conference and drank a bunch of free, free beer. beer. <laughs> That's the theme of our Burning Man. It wasn't just an aeronautics conference. It was like it was like a weapons manufacturer. Oh, yeah. What it were some like, of the quotes that you heard people say? Um, so what was it called? It was called the Tailhook Conference. It was specifically geared toward naval aviators, which is a, big in Reno, right? Yeah, at the, at the, yeah. There's a bunch of air bases and shit there, but uh, uh, so yeah, these military contractors that are trying to sell fucking weapon systems 
to naval air aviators and like fucking uh the brass and shit like that uh one of the quotes was we were like we were getting so each a lot of booths had like beer so we just like walked in there and just started pouring ourselves beer and uh i overheard this one guy it was like well, if you keep dropping them, we'll keep making them. <laughs> and then we heard this one guy go up to one of the organizers and go, I heard somebody got shot by security yesterday. Is that what he said? Something like Something that. Something like yeah. that. Like someone had tried to like, some altercation with security and they shot somebody. It was a very warmongering, violent, interesting environment to be in the day after leaving Burning Man. It was pretty gross. It was also pretty surreal, though, too, because as a child, all I wanted to do was be a fighter This pilot. was literally, like, I was, like, trying to imagine if, like, somehow in an alternate universe we had still gotten married, but this had been what your life was, <laughs> and Tembo was, like, a war pilot. Well, I originally wanted to be, join the Air Force and be a test pilot so I could fly back-engineered UFOs, um, but... Being a fighter pilot was also very attractive to me as a child until I started learning about, like, geopolitics and blah, blah, blah. And in college, I almost got recruited by the Navy. They were going to give me a guaranteed fighter spot, spot, which is hard to get. Because you were a every, pilot and you every, had your pilot. Yeah, I was studying, I was studying aeronautics in, in a piloting program. So, yeah, getting a pilot spot, fighter pilot spot is hard because everyone wants to be a fighter pilot. You don't want to be flying a fucking like cargo air tanker or a cargo plane mm. that's boring you want to fucking shoot shit top gun um so yeah guaranteed fighter spot fight fighter pilot spot and they were gonna give me 20 grand a year for the next four years to spend on whatever the fuck i want to do it in didn't, addition to your... didn't in addition to a guaranteed fighter spot i didn't have to spend it on school i could have bought cars wow um, but I was going to have to be in the Navy for fucking eight years. And I was like, there's no way I'm spending my twenties on a fucking aircraft carrier. Bag of dicks. Eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> if it had been like five years, I probably would have been in the Navy. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It was trippy to see you to walk around that conference with you because you knew about all the things, about all the missiles and all the fighter jets. Yeah. For such a pacifist hippie, it's crazy that you know so much about military fighter jets. I'm not really a pacifist, though. I'm just... I'm, well, no, you're a realist. I'm, I'm mostly nonviolent. I don't think that... Yeah. I think in in uh, situations where there is no other solution or you have to defend yourself, I'm fully for it. But I don't think violence is the answer. Like, <sighs> Violence is like a short-term solution. Like, We really need to start... Uh, looking at like causation and how we can fix that mm -hmm. like but yeah yeah <laughs> i thought that was very a very interesting like transition yeah, out were, of our burning man you were like, was like you're like what i forget what you said to me or something you're like oh all the things you you're into are so interesting you're so such a broad range of interest well i said that about the diff something different the other oh, day maybe i confused it i could tell you what i said it about <laughs> I won't. I won't. What was? It was about some porn that you were watching. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you told me about it, and I was like, "Your interests are so broad. I'm so impressed." It wasn't about your, but but that is part of what I love about you. It's your very very diversified portfolio. <laughs> Diversify your bonds, nigga. <laughs> then we just kind of hung out by a pool for a few days. We actually had a great day down by the river. 
Oh, yeah, we... Allegedly taking mushrooms and sluicing down a... Down a Truckee River. River. We had a great day with Allie, which is one of my brother's partners, and... And Jared. Jared, one of their friends. They're part of their kind of cool family that they have. Hanging out in that chilly-ass water. It was cool. That was great. That was a wonderful day. Yeah. Yeah. That was our Burning Man. Hanging out in a hotel room with the guy who runs the camp. Yeah. Interesting. It was cool, actually, to hang out with him... Outside, outside of, of the camp and get to like kind of be on like non-work it's like it's like trying to imagine like if you had to share a hotel room with your boss at any job that you had and what that would be like it was pretty interesting yeah yeah so that was our burning man i guess we covered a lot we did we could, go on. Still we could go on and on but we're not going to be those people we already created a podcast in which we are those people so we're not going to talk about it anymore, unless there's a specific something or other about if it. If you guys have a specific question, feel free to email us. Please. We haven't gotten any emails yet. No. We'd like to have an email. Cosmic Halitosis. With a K. With a K. At gmail.com. That's it. Oh, also, uh, we would love to start putting some music into our podcast. So if you make music email us a link or email us something where we could download your track and then feature it in the podcast we would love to do that we'll like plug your stuff plug your stuff plug where people can listen to it um so yeah send us some tracks that would be cool Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um fuck your burn fuck your burn and uh thanks for listening yeah bye bye Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps and Temba is Tembizzle, T-E-M-B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Thanks for listening.